Congregation, the text that I've chosen for the Christmas Day worship service is Luke 2, the verses 1 and 11. Luke 2, 1 and 11. And there, verse 1 says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And then verse 11 for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that includes uh, boys and girls here, what is Christmas all about? As Christians here, we know it's not just about the decorations and lights and gifts and big dinner and sentimental things, right? We remember Christ's birth, but what does that birth mean for us to celebrate? What does it mean for us to celebrate the birth of Christ? Well, Christmas is actually about, we could say that Christmas is actually about which Savior you're going to seek and to serve in your life. It's about which Lord you're going to have over your life. And not just today, but every day of your life, about choosing who you will serve, the son of David, born in Bethlehem, or another Lord, another God. When Joshua led the people into the promised land and said farewell to the people just before his death. You can read about that at the end, near the end of the book of Joshua. He said to them, choose whom you will serve, the gods of the Canaanites or the Lord. And Elijah said the same to Israel at Mount Carmel so many years later. Choose whom you will serve. If Baal is God, serve him. But if the Lord is God, serve him. The celebration of Christmas is then a call to everybody, also to us here today, to choose who we will serve. Choose who you will serve. The Lord Jesus Christ, born in Bethlehem, or a Lord of your own making, a man. And the theme for this Christmas Day sermon is then, choose whom you will serve. And there are actually only two choices. Either, first of all, the man who wants to be God, or, in the second place, the God who was willing to be man. Let's see, first of all, what the man who wants to be God is all about. In verse 1 of Luke 2, Luke the evangelist places the stable in which Christ was born, right in the middle of the world political situation of those days. And the world politics of those days, and that included at, at that time the religion of those days, wasn't that much different from what it is today. Of course, there were no, no cars, planes, telecommunications, computers, guns in those days, but it was the same political unrest, same 
terrorism and so on, as you read about in the papers and here in the news today, religious fanaticism and so on. Things that look, took place today also took place in the world of those days. Uh, not, not a lot has changed if you look into it farther. Well, in those days, a decree, an official command went out from Rome, from Caesar Augustus, that the whole known world had to be registered. All the residents of the Roman Empire, which was basically the known world at that time, from Spain to India had to be registered. Quirinius, Caesar's appointed governor of Syria, had the job of making sure that the Jews were registered in their place of birth. It was something like a census taken by Statistics Canada every few years. But this was not just counting people, for instance, for taxation purposes. This registration didn't only have a political pur purpose, but also a religious purpose. It was all about the glorification of the emperor, even about worshiping the emperor. Because you see in typical Near Eastern fashion, the Roman emperor, the Caesar, had begun to see himself as God, as a God who had a right to the worship of all his subjects. Julius Caesar, Caesar Augustus's father by adoption, he had been given the title Divus Julius, which means divine Julius. He was regarded as a god. He was worshipped in temples. And his son Augustus was then called Divi Filius, which means son of God. And the name Augustus itself means the most highly exalted. In fact, Augustus also took on himself the title Soter, which means savior. Caesar Augustus, mentioned in our text, considered himself Lord and Savior of the world, a god. His legions had conquered one country after another by brute force. He brought about a measure of peace in the world at that time called the Pax Romana, Roman peace. In fact, Augustus' birth was to be the beginning of a whole new age for mankind. The years were to be counted from the day of his birth. The day of his birth was day zero, and then they were to be counted from there on. And he was to be then worshipped as the Son of God, a God himself, God over his dominion. But he was ruthless. He ruled by brute force. And his reign was marked by corruption and immorality. Augustus, then the emperor when Jesus was born, was a man who thought of himself as God. A God. And in this, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, Caesar Augustus is just the tip of the iceberg, actually the tip of the iceberg of fallen man's desire throughout history to be his own God, Lord and Master. 
in paradise. You remember the serpent, the devil said to our first parents, Adam and Eve, if you eat of this tree, you won't die, but you will become like God. Man fell into sin in the beginning because he wanted to be God himself, his own God. He didn't want to serve God on high. He wanted to be his own God, to serve himself. And that wanting of man to be God himself, that became embedded in man's nature after the fall. And that has continued right on to today. And it's also our nature as we sit here today to want to be self-serving, to follow that sinful nature inside of us here, to listen to it, to its bidding, to fulfill its selfish desires, its proud desires. That's how it is with each of us. We want to decide for ourselves what's right and what's wrong for us. By nature, we all want to be our own Lord and God. That's the basic nature of sin, not wanting to submit to anyone above us, not even to God, whose will alone is good. We actually just want to do the opposite of what God wants. We want to listen to our own sinful hearts and desires. We want to commit sin. So that's the first choice. You can serve the man who wants to be God, who wants to make himself and his sinful nature the norm, who thinks he can save himself. And that's what the world which rejects God on high does today too. And we see that in this world today. Man wants to save himself and serve himself only. And you already see where that's headed, right? And we experience that, that same pull in our own hearts too, don't we? Serve ourselves. Make our own desires and wants what our lives are centered around. Our own thought of what's right and wrong. Not what God has told us, but what we feel in our own hearts. So that's choice number one. You can choose the man who wants to be God. And now we come to the second choice, the God who is willing to become man. Augustus' decree, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, meant that Joseph, along with Mary, who were born of the house and lineage of King David, had to go to Bethlehem to be registered. Bethlehem, after all, was a place where King David had been born. They had to go back to their roots. David, from whose line God had promised the Messiah, the eternal king of kings. That's where he was to be born. And he was born, as Luke describes very, very shortly, succinctly in, in Luke 2. Very humble circumstances. Born in a stable because there was no room in the Bethlehem Hotel and his mother Mary laid him in the manger, the feeding trough from which the angels, from which the animals ate. It sure didn't look as if anything special had taken place there in that stable, but that night an angel from heaven came to the shepherds who were watching over their flocks and told them the wonder of what had actually taken place in that stable. Those plain 
Rough shepherds were the first people on earth to hear the good news of Christmas, namely that God's Son had become man to save sinners. The the messenger from heaven used the same kind of words Caesar Augustus wanted to have applied to himself. The angel said to the shepherds, Luke 2, verse 11, he said to them, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, Christ, Messiah, anointed one, the Lord. In other words, what the angel was saying is that Caesar Augustus, the man who wanted to be God, was not the Savior and Lord at all. No, that child, that humble child in that manger in the stable in Bethlehem, he was the one sent by God himself, anointed by God himself to be Savior and Lord. He was sent by God, was later anointed with the Holy Spirit at his baptism in the Jordan, we know. And that's why he's called Christ, anointed one. And he is Lord and King, sent by God to save his people. In fact, God's Son, born man, God with us, Emmanuel. There is born to you this day a Savior, the angel said. Note the word born used by the angel. We are all born too, but all born in sin. From birth already, we share in the sin and corruption of our first parents, Adam and Eve. We want to ignore God, be our own gods. But God sent this Savior to begin His salvation where we all begin with our sin and guilt of wanting to be God, our own gods at birth. He started salvation with the birth of this Savior, His Son. That child was born holy without sin, That's how he could be the anointed Savior, the one who started right where we all started wrong before God at birth. We started right there. So the angel's words, you could gather together from the angel's words and also from the song of the angels that that child born in Bethlehem is the real Savior and Lord given by God himself, from God himself, to reconcile men to himself. Sin separates from God who gives life. It's a power that draws to death. And we all desperately needed a Savior who would bring peace between us and God again, freed us from the power of sin and death. God gave that Savior in his Son. He is Christ the Savior. Savior in his son, born of Mary in all humility in that stable. The angel's birth announcement in the fields of Ephrathah and the song of the legions of angels afterwards described just such a savior as was needed to deliver man from his own pride. And it's important to also note that the angel said, verse 11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior to you. He addressed those words, of course, to those shepherds originally, but not just to them. It's recorded for us, too, in the Bible. He also said that for us here today, as we listen to that message of our text, so many years ago the Savior was born to you 
to you. This child is God who has come to you. God made man come as Savior and Lord to save sinners like you and me. And that means, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, that means we have to choose. Born to you, we have to choose. Every day again, choose. Who are we going to serve today? Man who wants to be God, like Caesar, ourselves too, it's in our nature. Or Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, God become man, our Savior. There are lots of people today, you realize, who choose for man who wants to be God and who therefore choose to serve and follow their own thoughts and feelings which are so corrupted by sin. So many today figure they don't need a savior who saves from sin or a Lord who frees them from the power of sin. They figure they need a savior who saves them from climate change and all kinds of other things, the troubles in their lives, problems in this world. And they want to decide their own morality. They think they can save themselves in some way fix everything here themselves. And brothers and sisters, boys and girls, in our hearts, we have to admit that we're also inclined to make man God to serve ourselves, to think we can decide for ourselves, even save ourselves. Man who wants to be God lives in the hearts of each one of us and says to us, you can be Lord of your own life captain of your own ship. You save your own self. Did God say that this is sin and it's going to lead to death? Ah, don't listen to him. If it makes you feel good, there's nothing wrong with that. And so that sinful nature justifies all these, those sins, eh? anger, malice, slander, foul talk, evil desires, immorality. And, and when we turn a deaf ear to God and follow our sinful nature, then we are really wanting to be as God ourselves yet. And we all know where that's headed, right? Think of Caesar Augustus and his whole empire. He died. His empire fell. Only ruins remain. Man cannot save himself, make things right himself. He's been trying to do that for ages. Jesus, the son of God, born, born man in that stable in Bethlehem, he also died. He died in a cursed death on a cross 33 years later. But he also rose victorious. The tomb was empty on Easter morning. He was victorious over sin and death. And he established an eternal kingdom. He ascended into heaven. And therefore, as the gospel says, whoever believes in him has overcome sin and death through him and has eternal life with God and is reconciled to God. So the choice, if you think about that in the light of our text and scripture, the whole of scripture, the choice is pretty clear in the light of that, that message from the angel in the light of the whole Bible, right? The child born in the city of David that first Christmas Eve is the only Savior, God, born man. God who was willing to be man for us, to suffer and to give himself for the, 
for the sins of others. He satisfied for the guilt of our sin. He broke the power of sin and death. We need him. We need him more than we know. Choose him then, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, young people. Choose him as your Savior and Lord, the Lord of your life every day. Choose him as both Savior and Lord, though. Because it's so easy to say, oh, I want Jesus as my Savior, but I don't really want him to be the Lord of my life. I don't want to change this and that and that and that. It's so easy to say I want to be delivered from the guilt of my sin, but I still kind of want to hang on to the sin too yet. John Calvin once said, if we separate Christ the Savior from Christ the Lord, we end up with a divided Christ who cannot save us. Christ will not justify sinners if they are not at the same time also willing to be sanctified. So far, John Calvin. So, choose for the God who became man today, every day. Choose him completely as Savior from your sin and as Lord of your life. He was born to you in the city of David to be both Savior and Lord. Bring your sins to him in all humility. Serve him as the Lord of your whole life. And then you will find that the peace will grow in your heart too, the peace that passes understanding. Not the Pax Romana, which Caesar had to keep by brute force. The peace beyond understanding because it's peace with God. That's what Christmas is really all about, congregation. Somebody once wrote, Christmas brings three miracles. The first is that God became man to save us. And the second miracle is that he was born of the Virgin Mary to make a new beginning for us. And the third miracle is that we can even choose for this Savior and believe in him because that comes from him too, from his spirit. So by the power of his spirit, choose every day again the God who was willing to become man. Amen.